0: Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to Musings of a Black Bipolar Activist. This is Lucy. Uh, I'm doing a video side of the podcast now for YouTube. Um, it's a little janky. I'm, I'm new to, still new to podcasting, especially with video podcasting. So I'm trying to put it all together um, and hopefully get some good. Uh, as you can see, I'm back. Uh, I had a about three months, maybe more, hiatus where I was suffering from depression. Um, I'm bipolar. That happens. Um, So I think I want to today talk a little bit about what that looks like for me when I'm depressed. So, um, let's see. I think it was, yeah. Maybe about four months ago, uh, we were in winter, and seasonal affective disorder sometimes affects me as well. Um, Being a person who's depressed, it kind of jumps on there pretty quickly. And uh, I think that's what happened. Also, I needed a medication change and did not realize it. And so, uh, I was doing pretty bad. Um, It started out... Uh, there's Shirley Chisholm right there. Um, it started out bad. Uh, when, and I knew it was bad when I couldn't contain the emotion at work. Uh, there was one day where um, I just sat down. It was the end of the day, which is usually our busiest time of the day. Um, I work at a head start. So about, I usually leave about five, but parents start showing up around 4:30. So it was about 4:30 and um I kind of went and hit um and and cried. Um and it was hard one because I was at work and two because I hadn't had this sad feeling in a long time. And I just put my head down. We have, like, these counters that are, like, outside of the classroom where you can sit. And I just put my head down and and cried. Uh, And then um, I went to Julia, who is uh, my roommate and friend. And I think she's been on the podcast before when we were talking about, I think that was the one called America Today. Or current America or something like that. Um, And so I just went to her classroom. Luckily, she works at the same spot I do. And just went to her classroom and cried some more. She has a little office in her room uh, for the teachers. And just wept, like hard crying. And um, cried. She gave me a hug, kind of calmed me down. Or tried to calm me down. Uh, It just took it out. Took a real hard turn. And then I noticed that this feeling wasn't a feeling that um, was foreign. And I was thinking, like, over the last like week, I've kind of been feeling like this. It's kind of like the dam broke and the, the tears came on that particular day. But I had. I didn't notice how bad it was until I had that moment at work, and it got worse. Um, Just crying at work, uh, not eating. I know you can't tell, but wasn't eating. I'm eating pretty good now. Um, Well, decently. Um, Wasn't eating, no interest in anything. Uh, we have time where the kids take a nap and we we basically have that time to do anything, read, write, um, whatever, as long as you're in the room with the kids and you're watching, watching them. Um, just it's basically just make sure no one stops breathing. And I used to read like religiously uh, during that time. During this these past few months, um, I wasn't reading. I love to read, but I wasn't reading. Um, just kind of sitting in silence uh, for like two and a half hours. And crying a lot, still crying. Which is hard to mask when you're sitting in a classroom with other people. I think before the where I had the crying... Um, outside of the classroom, it was a little bit easier because there was just like, like I said, that countertop, and then you put my head like right here on my on the countertop, and then just basically look down with your head down, and you could cry easily that way. Uh, mostly because people can think that you're sick, and you're like, I don't want to really talk. I don't feel like talking. Uh, don't feel well, which is true. I didn't feel well, um, but a lot of people basically will leave you alone and my depression is one where I need people like drastically I need people around me the problem though is when I'm depressed I don't want people around me and it takes brave souls to kind of enter into my little bubble and um and try to penetrate that. And try to be like, no, we're sitting here. We're talking. Uh, you have people who tell you to eat. Um, and you don't always like it. And you kick and scream. Uh, that you have to. Um, but that's what it was. It was a lot of eating. Like telling, reminding myself to eat. Um, I have some friends who were like, buy a meal supplement, like insurer or whatever. Um, I tried that for a little bit, got tired of it pretty quickly. Um, but just did not feel like eating. And I think one of the biggest things with depression for me, not only having suicidal thoughts, which I did not have this time, but I, I, I had this feeling of, If I died, it wouldn't be bad. Like, if I happened to be walking across the street and I got hit by a car, well, I wouldn't be upset about it. Now, am I going to actively try to kill myself? No. And that's another thing when you talk to other people um, who do not necessarily understand depression. They don't understand how you could wish you were dead but not actively try to take your life. And it's easy. It's easy. Um, I think a lot of people suffer from even the itsy bitsy tiniest piece of depression or however you want to wear that. Um, and everyone, whether they like it or not, has had that feeling where they're like, you know what? I'm ready to give in, give up and not, not really feeling it. And so, um, I wasn't, uh, I had several appointments with my psychiatrist. I have a good psychiatrist, uh, through the UK system, I'm I have University of Kansas, uh, health system, which is a great health system. If you're in the Missouri Kansas area, go ahead and go to uh, KU. Um, but yeah, I have my psychiatrist through the gay KU gay, KU system, and uh, it was great. I love my psychiatrist. It we discussed. Um, and we decided that a medication change was in order, um, which I agree with. I had been on the same regimen of quote-unquote drugs for a long time. I think the one before I changed, I had been on that one, the one before, for like four, maybe four or five years. Uh, and so I think I just took a tolerance to one of them and it didn't work anymore Um, I currently take two antidepressants uh, two mood stabilizers and a sleep medication for night Um, I grew up not being able to sleep um, for various reasons Um, one reason insomnia like feeling tired but can't sleep or another reason is not feeling tired and feeling energy energized and not being able to sleep. So there's like a, it was like a whole plethora of reasons, but I've never been able to have like really good sleep. And so once I started taking sleep medication, I realized how vital sleep is to my mental health. I think sleep is good for anyone's mental health, but um, it's, it was especially key for mine because if I do not get enough sleep, it is a problem. Um I can be depend and also depends on what spectrum I'm on, if I'm on the more manic side or if I'm on the more depressed side. But I have to have like just that right amount. Um because if I don't, it'll take everything off balance. Um I could be sluggish, um and fall into depression if I don't get enough sleep. If I I'm, yeah, and if I don't get enough sleep I could be hypomanic and off the walls like bouncing off the walls um which is also not good cuz if your brain needs sleep and needs the time to rest that's part of what rem sleep does is resets the brain and there are days even when i do take my sleep medication that i don't hit good rem sleep um i have a sleep tracker shout out to amazon uh halo um but I, I had to get a, a tracker to track my sleep, track my steps, track what what kind of exercise I'm doing. Um, because I realize all those things um, contribute to my mental health. And during this time, I also was sleeping too much. Like I said, I need just the right amount. But during this, these past few months where I was really depressed, um, getting too much sleep. And when I say that, I'm talking about like... 14 hours, um, on the weekends, sometimes longer than that. Um, like, and I, I go to my room pretty early, um, regularly, like, like 9.30, 10 o'clock is when I go to my room at night. And sometimes I'm up for a little bit and then go to sleep. Um, but when I was depressed, I was going to bed 7 o'clock, like, as soon as I ate dinner, if I ate dinner, going to bed, falling right asleep, and then waking up the next morning, going to work, like, just making it out of bed to go to work, um, I leave for work at 10.30, and I was getting up, like, 10.15-ish, and just real sluggish, um, so that was not good. I know sleep is very, very valuable and, um, it's, it's very valuable to me. And I was just, I was getting too much of it or sometimes not enough. That happens with me with depression sometimes where I won't get enough sleep. I mean, where I get, yeah, I don't get enough sleep. There's times where I get too much and then not enough. Uh, usually when I'm depressed I get too much but every now and then I'll have some days where I'm just up and just thinking about life not racing thoughts kind of way where I'm hypomanic but just um, just regular like sad thoughts like a Eeyore type thing Um, and so I started journaling again and it's funny that when you journal while you're depressed and then going back and reading it, uh, you kind of see how much in despair you are. I wrote some pretty, pretty dark stuff during those last few months, um, that would probably send me to the hospital. Um, if someone else read it, um, and I'm glad I didn't go to the hospital. Because one, I don't know hospitals here in this area. The hospitals in California, I knew kind of which ones to go to, which ones not to. Um, but I don't know hospitals here. And I did think about going to the hospital. I actually um, Googled hospitals while I was at work. But uh, I realized it might be more detrimental for me to go to the hospital. Because I don't know any here. I don't know which one's good. Um and you can't get good reviews um, of hospitals simply because the people who have been in hospitals are not going to rate the hospital that great. The people who were not in the hospital have higher ratings. So it's kind of like who's going to be telling the truth. It's like a balanced thing. Um, I I hate the hospital. I think anybody who's been in a psych hospital hates it. Um, but I also think that if you're going to be in the hospital it's important to talk about good experiences as well as bad ones because the hospital is just inevitable sometimes and if you have um, some decent experiences or hear about decent experiences then you'll um you'll pretty much be all right uh, to go and you won't feel as bad. I wish I knew someone here in Missouri or Kansas City specifically that had been to a hospital, um, uh, so that I could get like a for real feel of what the hospitals here are like. Because I do know uh, that i would probably need a hospital in the future. Um I was fortunate enough to have people rally around me, um, uh, where I could where they kind of sustained me enough to not go to the hospital um but I was very very close like reading these journals I would realize that um it was pretty bad um and I think that if I was actively suicidal that I probably I probably wouldn't want to go to the hospital um someone most likely would bring me there or take me not bring me take me there um which is why you don't tell about your feelings. No, <laughs> just plain. <laughs> you you tell everybody what you're feeling. Um so that you can get the help that you need. So I was crying at work. Um I had to leave work a few times, especially in the beginning of the depression, uh because I just couldn't can take the day. Um and I had to spend the night away from my house a couple times with uh, my friend Brian James, who I have also played excerpts of podcasts that we did in California on this podcast. So, um, just have people rally, having people rally around me, kind of sustained me and brought me through the storm. Um. So. It was hard Uh, not talking to people. I'm going to go back to that for a minute. Not wanting to talk to anybody. Like, I have good friends. um, Some are who have some kind of mental disorder, namely bipolar disorder. I have friends who have that bipolar disorder. And then just regular friends who I left in California, just not talking to them, uh, seemingly dropping off the planet. Uh, If someone called me, it would be like, two three minute conversations um but it's it's kind of like watching yourself do something bad for you but you can't stop it like I know for sure I need people but like watching me actively turn people away it's like watching a train wreck or a car wreck um just like you you, you're you seeing it happen, but you can't do anything to stop it. And, like, even once the crash happens, you don't know to call 911 because you're like, uh, it's a fender bender, when really, you're totaled your car. Um, and so I was totally in my car pretty much every day, um, and I knew I needed to call 911, but I was like, it's just a fender bender, I'll get through it, um... And this is actually the longest period of depression that I've had in a long, long time. I want to say about maybe three years, three or four years. Nope, three. Uh, about three years since I had like this level of depression. Um, and so um, it was it was bad. So um, I'm back and... Feeling good, Uh, I started a new medication, uh, Vibrant. I don't know if anyone knows about that. I originally started taking 20 milligrams of Vibrant. Didn't see a difference. I take 40 now, basically doubled it. um, And I feel great um, taking Vibrant with my regular medication that I was taking before. I just took one out and added Vibrant in. And uh, feeling pretty good. Um, That's not to say that everything is great. Because everything is not great. That's unrealistic to think that everything would be great. Um, But it's as good as it's going to get for now. And I'm back with the podcast. And adding this video element if I can figure it out. And uh, we might have some good times together. Or hopefully have some more. You know, we had some before but hopefully we'll have some more time um good stuff to talk about um i have some things coming down the the wire i mean down the tunnel that I want to talk about uh, we're going to talk about critical race theory um and we we'll probably do that over a couple podcasts critical race theory um we're going to throw in a little talk a little bit more about the George Floyd situation uh his sentencing is coming up and uh I'm going to go back to regularly posting on Saturdays unless something happens. And so I will try to be very consistent. Um, my life is picking up a little bit. I'm going back to school. I finally finished that degree that I worked long, long years for. Um, and I see the finish line with that. So we're going to talk a little bit about school sometimes down the down the wire down the tunnel um i have a a subject uh called when prayer is Wep- weaponized sorry when prayer is weaponized that i'm kind of excited about talking about um because i think sometimes people say i will pray for you and it's really passive aggressive it doesn't feel helpful um sometimes the intention behind prayer is not great um, but I'll talk more about that when I talk about weaponized prayer and, um, just more stuff of what's going on in the world. Um, I didn't do a lot of spiritual, like Christian podcasts or p- Christian, um, subjects, but I'm going to throw some more down there, um, because, um, that's a big part of, um, That's a big part of race relations right now is how the church has responded. And so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, So um, if there's something you want me to talk about, um, I'll figure out a way to get comments going or whatever. Um, But let's get this together. Let's ride together. And uh, hopefully uh, we have a good time um this is musings of a a black polar activist this is lucy uh kind of rusty and rambling a little bit uh but hopefully you'll give me grace as i jump back into this and i will catch you on the next one